you know, I do have a pretty good salary today. I started off not getting money at all. And to appreciate that is for me very important. That's life. And I usually bring up, if I compare me with other coaches on the men's side, yeah, I'm not well paid. But if you compare me to a nurse, I have a lot of money. Sebastian Alvarado, the host of Coffee and Football, the show where I sit down with some of the most influential profiles in the game to learn about their life and career journeys. First, I'd like to thank everyone for the amazing feedback on last week's episode, the first part of this interview with Pia Sundhage. If you haven't listened to it yet, I would highly recommend to do so before getting in on this one. In other words, this is the second part where we get further in on Pia's personal perspectives, touching on things such as inequalities between men and women, her relation to money and fame, what she thinks about the possibility of coaching a men's team, declining invitations from the White House, all that and much more. So, without further ado, I hope you enjoy it. Part 2 with Pia Sundhagen. been in China, you've been in the US, you've been in Sweden, and it's three extremes, really, not only in, in soccer and playing styles, uh, but also in, in sort of the mentality and the culture and the values. What would be some of the main differences and some of the challenges that you see in between them? Communication. I would say it comes down to communication. Uh, now you have to remember I was assistant coach in China. It makes it a little bit different. But um, if you take a pregame talk, for instance, that is different. I have, you know, speaking your, your mother tongue is so much easier. I would say that is uh, one thing. Uh, and I will say that is more common. You have more in common with all three cultures. But the, the, the way you communicate, that is different. I would say that uh, the American players, uh, as I said before, that they go out there and they, they do their very best, no matter what. And they don't even think sometimes, which they should, but they don't. They just go for it. And that's, that's a cool feeling. Meanwhile, uh, the Swedish players, they, they more into tactical stuff. And you could make them act a little bit Americans eventually. But uh, in the very beginning, they re- really want to know why, how a little bit could we do differently. So it's very encouraging to have a, a communication or uh, a discussion with Swedish players. When it comes to Chinese players, they, they do what they've been told to do. So I, I would say if you tell them to go from A to B, they do that. And they smile and try to do their very best. They don't have the speed like we in Sweden or in, in the US, but they do have the technique. So I give you an example. Uh, there was one player, Li Hong. I asked her after she stopped playing, well, left foot or right footed? What do you mean? Well, do you kick the ball with the right or the left foot? Well, d- it depends. Depends on what, well, the situation. Okay, let me ask you this then. If there is a free kick here, do you kick with your right foot or left foot? Well, if it's on the right foot, I take the right. If it's on the left foot, I take the left. I have never met any that kind of play in Sweden or in, in the U.S. team. 
So they have some pride in their technique in China, which I think is cool. And I think the future of women's soccer might be Asia because they are very technical. And if you're technical, you can do so many more things tactical, I think. If they just get some speed as well, changing speed, uh, they do that with the game, but also with the moving player, fast speed, I think that will change the style a little bit. Another big moment, and I think for a lot of people also in this country, but I'm sure for you personally, were the Olympics last year. And in particular, I guess, well, there was a couple of big moments and games, but you ended up playing the US. Take me through that. Well, we uh, we played against China and we tied China. And um, I gathered a group and I said, I have three good things to tell you. Okay? First of all, we're going to play the quarterfinal. Yes, everybody was great with that. And secondly, we're going to stay on this hotel. And it was a luxury hotel compared to Olympic Village. And everybody was thrilled about that. And then I said, in the quarterfinal, we're going to play against the U.S. And they say, yes, because Sweden has done fairly well against the U.S. team for a long time. And uh, that kind of reaction, I brought it up a couple of times because there's so much courage in that reaction. And they did it, all of them, uh, as a group. And um, we played the game, and uh, I could feel at the players, they thought it was possible to beat U.S. And you can just feel it, and you know, listen to when we have a pregame talk or what they, what they want to discuss, not only defending all the time, but it's also a little bit of attack. And, uh, you know, a tie, and uh, we got these penalty kicks. And when Lisa Dahlqvist in front of Hope Solo and everything that happened, uh, it was crucial Lisa Dahlqvist's way of handling the situation because she wanted to be the winner. You, you could tell. And um, she, uh, I think she's grown quite a bit and, and uh, as a person, as a player, and she wanted to, to, to win the game for Sweden, which she did. That is talking about big moments. Um, And not only that, because the next game we play against Brazil, more or less the same occurred. And then you had uh, Lisa Dahlqvist again want to be the winner. So Lisa Dahlqvist, she plays a big role in uh, the, the fact that we'll play the, the Olympic final. A lot of emotions and a lot of great talks afterwards. And it makes, it makes it worth to be a coach, the fact that you go through all these moments. And then obviously playing the final at the legendary Maracaná Stadium against Germany. Could you ever even dream of getting to an Olympics final in Maracaná? No. Um, when you look at back where I started, I played with boys. And uh, I was the only female in education when it comes to soccer. Uh, of course, this is huge for me. And I think um, the fact that We got the World Cup 91, and you got the Olympics 96. I think it was thanks to U.S. team done a great job for the women's soccer, uh, but also Germany uh, with the way they handled the World Cup 2011. And, and all these finals uh, has been fantastic. If you go back all to 91, Michelle Aikestal and those guys. But also, you know, you have uh, Marujan in Germany last year, and you would get another one this year. Uh, this is a wonderful journey, a fantastic journey, and I'm so proud of the fact that I've been a part of this journey. And 
it's fairly easy for me to enjoy uh, because I, I started, you know, back in the 60s and I wasn't allowed to, to play soccer. So um, this is absolutely something special for me. Is there something you feel like you haven't quite achieved yet? Something you're really longing for? Hmm. Uh, I've, I've never been to um, Africa. I come across a couple of um, projects where they talk about uh, women's soccer, but also in order to gain some confidence and and play a big part in society. I like that combination with you play you play soccer. You have two goals, but it's it's so much more than soccer. It's life as well. And uh, they talk about the self confidence and so on. That is something that um, is intriguing. Um, uh, I've been on the highest level all the time since I was 15 years old. I don't know how I will react to do some good for the society at the same time. So, Africa, maybe. Maybe that's one of the future projects then. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> um, a couple of things that I, I find kind of interesting, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but, but I understand that you don't have that much interest in youth development. Then when it comes to, I guess, also coaching or coaching a team, maybe not that much interest in or little interest in players' personal lives beyond the pitch. Where does that come from? Well, first of all, I think you're wrong about youth. Uh, as long as it's, it's soccer, uh, I, I, you, the fact that you have a player and she improves her game, that, that makes my day. But you write about um, the person behind the player. And I apologize for all the American players I've met. Uh, and I don't remember who, you know, the family or the name of the dog or whatever. Because I have people around me doing that. My coaches around me. Because that's one of my weaknesses. I don't have energy. I'm not interested in you as a person, believe it or not. But I'm so interested in how you kick that ball, how you receive it, how you turn. And I, I, uh, I try to try to uh, at least listen a little bit better when you talk about uh, your life outside soccer. And sometimes I'm, I succeed to remember. Sometimes I don't. And uh, then again, instead of I, I, I know my weaknesses, and I make sure that there are people around me to make sure that back up that that the weakness. And what it comes from, I think it comes from the fact that I love the soccer ball. And uh, I have my self-confidence in soccer ball, self-esteem, and it had opens up so many doors. So it's, it's uh, something happens with me when you talk about soccer. Uh, not as much when you talk about a, a person behind the soccer ball, actually. Do you ever experience players wanting to come to you and wanting kind of to open up? And does that create some kind of a conflict? No, they know me. Uh, they know me well. So uh, I wouldn't say that they, they, they come if, if it has something to do with a soccer life. You know, you have a coach and you're not playing or um, be treating a certain way. But um, their private life, they, they don't come to me. They come to my assistant coach or somebody else. <laughs> They're smart enough to do that. <laughs> that sounds good. Um, 
you mentioned that you've, you've been on the on top of the game since 15 years old uh, and I'll say it straight out you are one of the top names in soccer history and I'm not going to make a difference between women's or, or men's but overall you, you are one of the big names out there but obviously in looking at what men with let's say much lesser trajectory you know making so much money and uh, you know the fame and the power and everything that comes with that w- what are your thoughts around that well it is what it is <laughs> and i would say that uh, and I, i i i put it out many times that soccer is so much more than gold medals or uh, money for that matters and um, if i can't do anything about it and i can't Uh, then I just try to drop it. So instead of uh, be grateful for what I have, you know, I, I do have a pretty good salary today. I have no clue uh, 2018, but today I do have. I started off not getting money at all. And to appreciate that is for me very important. That's life. And I usually bring up, if I compare me with other coaches on the men's side, yeah, I'm not well paid. But if you compare me to a nurse in Sweden, I have a lot of money. And I think it's, um, in Sweden we call it sunt, healthy. Healthy. Maybe. Healthy, yeah. Instead of always look on one side, well, I could have got more. Look at the other side. You know, I should be grateful for what I have. And um, not only money, but also the, 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 the journey from 60s up today you know we're few of us but i'm one of them and i'm i'm really grateful for that and then again and, and then again i really want to do things so the next generation will get it better so that's why sometimes when we talk about the fields we talk about coaches or whatever we need the women's game need to get a little bit better to get it better in order to play some good soccer but one thing i i put out there all the time is When you say soccer in Sweden, very often you think men's soccer. Okay, that's it is what it is. However, if you add and include the women's game, you get more. And you, all of us will be winner. And the reason why I say that is uh, the crowd, for instance. We don't have any violence. We don't hate in the stands. So if you add that to, to, to soccer... A women's game does that. And the other thing is, if you see how we play overall, if you get in the box, you, not, you don't try to cheat. And that is another thing, beauty thing, because when I listen to people, they're not really into soccer, but they know what it is and so on. And they, they are surprised the fact that they get away with it, the men. don't. They should be ashamed of what they do. In the women's game, we still have fair play, and I'm really proud of that. And the third thing is, we have some great role models. I usually say to, to companies, if, if you need to hire somebody, you, you can just pick uh, Caroline Seger, Lotta Schelin. It doesn't matter what, what, what it is, because they are good role models, they're good people. And that's something society uh, is the winner, and you are the society. So if you think that soccer is men's soccer, fine. But please add the women's game as well, because then you, you win. Yeah, and there are obviously a lot of elements to it. And in terms of also expanding on the interest of the game, and I think both Sweden and the U.S. have done a great job in it with their women's teams. And we start seeing the interest yeah. has grown tremendously. 
I wouldn't say there's no difference, but it's it's much lesser. And the whole nation is talking about it when you guys are in the quarterfinals and the semifinals, and and people love to follow it and start picking up on certain elements of the game mm. that sometimes can be just as good or even better in the women's game. Um, but in terms of that, there is an inequality, obviously, between men and women in terms of resources and, and what they're paid. There is a fairly open conflict going on in, in the U.S. as well, where the women's team wants to get paid roughly equal as the men. Is that inequality, is that something that bothers you? And is there anything that you actively do to try to advocate for more equal pay? Keep on fighting. I would say keep on fighting. And... Uh... Actually, it was one of the American players saying that if we stop fighting, it will go backwards. And I do believe that's that's correct. Now, if you talk about equal, there's, uh, again, uh, money. If I got the question, do you think that Lotta Schelin should uh, get as much paid as Slatan Ibrahimovic? My answer is, first of all, I think Slatan Ibrahimovic, he pays way too much. It's, it's, uh, it's not healthy. So why don't compare, as I said before, Lotta Schelin's salary with uh, people in the society, like a nurse, for instance. So that's another reminder uh, that uh, really good players, uh, it's hard to, to tell how much they're worth. But um, ask some questions, which I think is good. But overall, I think we uh, continue to fight, not for this generation, for the next generation. What's your relation to fame? I would say in Sweden, probably 80-90% of the population above 15 or 20 years old know who you are. What's your relation to that? Well, uh, I would like uh, to be a, an ambassador for women's game. So when I take the, you know, the metro or, you know, when I meet people and they recognize me, I get, I get happy. You know, I think, I think it's fun. And, uh, I have always time for people. It's not that they stop me all the time, but when they do, I say, well, it's great that you recognize me. And they start to talk. And, um, uh, for me, it is, I try to be an ambassador. And, and, uh, I think it's important because, um, if they recognize me, they recognize women's soccer. And, uh, I think that is important. But it has never, there's never been a downside. No, I I got one letter uh, in the mail and saying that uh, bad things about me. It's one in so many years. And I thought, I kept that actually. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, that will be fun to open up in 10 years or something like that. But uh, overall, it's so much um, positive words, which is good for the women's game. I'm sure you've gotten this a lot when people ask, you know, women, could they coach a... A men's team, I believe a few years ago, a reporter asked you and, and you responded something along the lines of, well, let me ask you a question. Does it work with a female chancellor in Germany? Angela Merkel runs a whole fucking country. Clearly it works. I, I didn't swear. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's true. What are your thoughts around that? And uh, is there a future in men's soccer for yourself? That I don't know, you know. Um, in, in terms of what you would want to do, is it yeah. something that you, you find it interesting enough? Yeah, well, I'll give an example. Well, first of all, um, in order to get some f female coaches in soccer, 
then I mean both women and men, you need to get used to that, that sentence, that thought. It's possible. And of course it is. Uh, it's not rock and science. It is a different environment, I can imagine. But I gave you an example because it's about expectations. If I went in and, and uh, I got the opportunity to coach um, Hamabi, a women's game, they would put me on a pedestal because I, I've been around the world and I've coached Abby Warmback and Chris Rampone, Kate McGrath, or all these great players and all the Swedish players. So they would put me and they will have a, what she knows, soccer. Uh, and uh, it's all about confidence and so on. But if I, I got the opportunity to coach um, Hamabi men... They would probably look at me, okay, you know how to coach the women's. And it would probably, they would test me and see if I'm good enough. And, uh, well, it would take a week or something like that. And then, then probably I will be fine if I have a coaching team behind me. And, and there's the same thing on the women's side, of course. But I'm not sure that that is the most exciting situation for me because I, I like challenges. I mentioned Africa. I know nothing about Africa. And what would it take to, uh, like, uh, we've seen Nigeria, South Africa, uh, we'll play against South Africa, for instance. And that would also be very different. Or if you go to, I've been on a lead level all the time. Would my coaching style, my leadership style, would that work with girls and boys, 18 years old? They're not elite players. They just want to be around the society, a club team. Would my coaching style work then? That I don't know. And that will be maybe, because that will be something I do for the society. Maybe that is something interesting as well. So right now, as you can tell, I don't know what would be challenging. I, what, I just have a way to see. Uh, one thing first, Euro, and then let's see. Um, you're a big advocate for women's, uh, women's soccer. You talk about feminism. Um, What's your sort of core approach to that? And because uh, I think it's a, it's also a word that's it's a bit overused, and there's kind of different interpretations, and and some some people look at it with a negative sort of connotation. For other people, it's a very obvious thing. What's your kind of relation to that, and, and your approach? Feminines. Yeah, I would say in Sweden, it's uh, it's in the very beginning, nobody was a feminist except for a few. But nowadays, everybody is, if I exaggerate a little bit. So this is a fairly a positive word. I've looked it up, and then you could give different definitions of that word. And, um, you know, the way too complicated in English to try to, uh, to uh, sort that out. But I would say it's about expectations. You know, when I was, um, when I was a girl, and what could a girl Actually, what, what is he interested in compared to a boy? Why does it have to be difference between those two? And why do we encourage? Because we put on, I would say, old pictures. This is what I usually see when I see a girl. So uh, one example is they want to be a princess. Hmm, that's fine. And how is a princess a girl? Well, she is sweet. She's kind. She's helpful. Great values. But a princess could also be very strong, very smart, very fast. And I think we, we, we should add things to a girl and we should add things to, to a boy as well. That's a tough boy. Yeah. But also very sensitive. And then you have structures, of course. 
And if you put that discussion to to soccer field, still we need to fight for certain things because if you watch a game, let's say uh, Real Madrid, you expect a certain kind of soccer. And then you come to Sweden and you look at uh, you look at Hammarby playing against uh, Oiko. That will be totally different. But it's not that you think this is better or this is not so good, but you have to change your expectations. And I think if you can do that and enjoy both girls playing, boys playing, men and women, then you're a winner. Then you can enjoy all kinds of, of, of soccer. And I can imagine it's been, you know, nowhere in Sweden, you did mention that most people in Sweden can call themselves feminist. Sweden is also a very progressive What would you describe kind of the differences in, from China to, to the U.S. and to Sweden? Because here it's very widely accepted, so to speak. I, I think it's hard. Uh, first of all, uh, when I lived in China, that was with a soccer team. So it, it, was, it would be unfair for me to say that Chinese people are this and that. Uh, But your impression? Uh, well, with Chinese people... They, um, I would say that they just were in this team and um, uh, with this, uh, talk about this, it's hard for me to try to analyze anything because there we're going to play soccer. What I noticed was that the men's national team at the time, they were, um, I think the federation were more interested in how they did, but they never won anything compared to the, the, the women's uh, national team. To some extent, you will think that you know, when it comes to money as well, I think it's very different today. They have a French coach, so so many things happen with soccer over in China. When it comes to uh, U.S., it's such a big country. So it would be, again, unfair. This is how it is in U.S. Because I, even I can tell I've stayed in Boston and stayed in, in L.A. I've played... Uh, I've uh, for a couple of months I've been in Kansas as well, and they're very, di very different. One thing I do know: there are common things between uh, American soccer player, Swedish soccer player, and Chinese soccer player. They want to do what is fun, and they want to do their very best. And they are fighting, and sometimes fighting against some some structures. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Um... Since we're living in the times that we are, and there's a lot of crazy things happening around the world, uh, we're sitting here in Stockholm just weeks after a terrible incident. We had a U.S. election this past fall that I believe has had a big impact on everybody, and I can imagine even on yourself. What are your thoughts around that? Because also going back to your core values and solidarity and, and equality, it almost feels like a lot of things are, we're almost going back in history in a way, versus moving forward? I would say um, th th there are some, some words, uh, um, um, things a little scary. It is hate, hatred, revenge, and war. 
Uh, it is words like I'm against instead of uh, include people, try to be uh, great human beings. And, um, you know, when I look back and, and uh, what kind of situation we put into and the fact that you have some wars and you would tell us we would smart enough not to, well, smart enough to avoid wars. Uh, and it's way too much killing. If you don't know what I think about knowledge, lack of knowledge is scary. And uh, it creates a lot of hatred. That is um, dangerous. It's a crazy, it, it becomes a crazy world, I would say. Is there anything that you actively can do? Because you have a big platform and you have a voice. Well, I don't know. When it happened in Stockholm, of course, you know, that team, we were in south of Sweden at the time. And of course, we talk about it. And um, they get some support if they wanted to. But um, I would I would love to, to make the parallel with the team and the world. Because if you want to play soccer and win, you can define win in many ways, you have to work together and you have to bring up the best performing in each other. But we don't, and we should be different. Because if you have only 11 Abbey Wombach, that would be absolutely crazy. You need different people and you need to um, include different people, different players with different skills. Translate that to the world and, and uh, respect your opponent, respect your teammate. Uh, then I think it could be a better world. You were twice invited to the White House after some success with the American national team. I believe once Bush was in, in office and the next time Obama, you rejected the invitation and there was some, some press around that. Now, having talked to you for a little bit more than, than an hour, I understand that everything is about soccer and, and about the ball and rather being on the pitch than anywhere else. Um, was it purely because of that? Was there any, in terms of the, the, the political standpoint, I guess, that the U.S. has had throughout history that had an impact on it? Or, or what were your thoughts? I, I thought it was fairly easy for me because I had a choice. Well, some of the players, I didn't go either. So I preferred to go back to Sweden and go to my city, Örebro. And uh, I went to the, what do you call that, community. And they um, handed out, yeah, I got some flowers and so on because achieved so many good things. Uh, I'd rather do that instead of, um, because the people I know, instead of uh, go to a place where it's important men and women. I'm, I'm not, I'm not impressed of that. So when I had a choice, it's easy for me. I want to go with, I would say, people on the ground, so to speak. So that is, uh, that's the reason. It was easy. I think we're, uh, we're getting towards the end here. I'm not going to hold you for too much longer, but I tend to do a set of rapid-fire questions towards the mm -hmm. end. You may elaborate if you want okay. to, but these should be pretty straightforward. What's your favorite team? Favorite team is uh, Hammarby. I played in Hammarby, and I was a player's coach in Hammarby, and I liked their style back in the good old days. What was that style? Technical style, and, uh, you know... You healed the ball and you did some crazy things out there. And for reference, it's one of the teams with the most kind of passionate following in Stockholm and uh, it comes from, from the more bohemian parts of, 
Uh, I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we touched on this earlier, but the biggest moment of your career. It's a quarterfinal in the in the, the World Cup. Um, I think sometimes it's hard to compare because I've been in different places. Uh, and as a player, I, we won the European Championship by '84. Uh, a great header. We won one zero uh, home and lost one zero against England. And I, the last penalty kick. So uh, there's a couple of those wonderful moments. And then I haven't even mentioned the, the Olympic final, my third in a row, and this time with, with Sweden. The best player of all times. Oh, that is really, really hard. There is, I will pick one player, that is Maren Meinert, Germany. This is a little bit unfair because I have a lot of good players, but the, the reason why I mentioned Maren Meiner is she had, uh, she surprised me with her way of playing. Um, attacking a player forward and, um, I had her only for a year in Boston Breakers. I've seen her in the national team, of course, but there are certain situations on the field that, uh, surprised me. And for that, I appreciate that. Where would you rank yourself in the list of the best players of all times? Oh, that's impossible. There's, it, well, because it's hard back then that the, the soccer looked so different uh, compared to today. Um, so it's, it's, it's impossible to answer, I would say. In the top 10 at least. Well, that, that's hard. Yeah, I have, I've coached so many good players, so um, <laughs> I don't know. All righty. What's the most important characteristic to be successful in your position? It's different because um, we are different coaches. If I look at myself, I think it's helped me quite a bit to realize my strength and my weaknesses and have people backing up my weaknesses. What are a couple of recommendations for somebody wanting to follow in your footsteps? I don't know, but... The advice I got from my mentor was, uh, be yourself. Well, that's easy. Uh, and then she said, do you know who you are? I think so. Well, I think you should take some time and, and, um, and look at yourself and see how, how people look at you and, uh, which I did. Uh, and that was a good advice. And then I asked myself, who do I want to be? And con continue to practice. Um, that worked for me. Do you have a book recommendation? Uh, I've read uh, John Whitmore. I think it's, it's, it's tough. It's hard. But uh, new coaching. And there are a lot of books out there. And, and, but that's one thing that come up in my mind. I have some Swedes book about uh, right now and read about feedback. So it, it, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's one book. For me, it's depending on what kind of what kind of uh, emotions I have right now, what do I want to learn, What's, uh, what um, intrigues me right now. So there are so many, many good books about leadership and about soccer. Just look into it, and, and if you find a book, uh, what I do, I read it again and read it again, and then I try to translate that to my word and uh, then ask myself, okay, I like this. Do I do that? Do I go from words to action? Who's a leader you look up to, you think people should follow or read up on? 
I have one great person, and it was my uh, gym teacher, sports teacher, when I was uh, 16, 17, 18 years old in Ulysahab. Margareta Svedberg, because she had the ability to look at everybody. She paid attention to everybody. It doesn't matter if you were the best student or the worst student. Uh, she respected us. Um, not only that, she coached us in different ways. So if I was one of the best students in that gym class, she challenged me. She made sure that sometimes I had some great success, sometimes I just failed a little bit in order to improve my uh, my way in that classroom, uh, in that gym. But all, she did exactly the same with the one who's not into uh, gymnastics as much, or sports that much. And I um, I admire her for that. I don't know how she did it, because she... She, her body language was not that, you know, big, and but she she did it in 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 a very sophisticated way, and pay attention and coaching on their level. That's cool. You get to have dinner with three people in the soccer world, past or present, and let's assume language is not a barrier. Who are the three? Cruyff, Pelé, Beckenbauer. Is there one of them who was your idol growing up? All three of them. My, I had a boxer, a dog, uh, and I, I called him Cruyff Pilebeckenbauer. <laughs> <laughs> so, some way you would yell for him, you would always say the three names? Uh, well, I started off with all three names, it ended up with Cruyff. So, yeah. Uh, but that, that, I remember when I was uh, a small girl, I was Cruyff at times, Beckenbauer, Pili. Would you try to simulate their skills? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be the perfect player. Where would you take them for dinner? I wouldn't go to Stockholm. I would go to Marbeck, where I started my Åsundens IP. It's a lake just uh, next to the the small field. It's not even a big uh, big field, but uh, there where I st- that was the place where I started. And what would you eat and drink there? Uh, I would have a beer. Uh, and I would eat um, some sort of pasta. Do you have anything you would like to recommend? Yes. I would recommend, um, in order to take care of yourself, uh, this, everybody exercise all over the place. But instead of, uh, you know, you could walk instead of... uh, Sometimes taking the bus or, um, you know, in, uh, take the stairs uh, instead of the elevator and um, try to be nice and kind. Last question. Who do you think I should interview here? April Hendricks, the former uh, coach for US team. She has gone through the whole development of women's soccer and she's a smart person, and she is curious about the next step in the women's game. Fantastic. And we did talk about this before we got started, that she's actually a name that I do have on my list. So I'll, I'll hope to have that opportunity. One very last one. How can people follow you? Follow me? Yeah. Are you active on any no, no, any no, channels? No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm way too old for that. They, I don't think they should follow me. They sh- well, what they could do is watching the the, the national team. Sounds fantastic. Um, well, Pia, it's been an absolute pleasure to sit down with you 
thank you so much for taking the time. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, best of luck on your next step, whatever that is, if it's an interesting project in, in Africa or if it's uh, kicking back in Marbeck with your guitar and, and chilling out. We'll, we'll see where, where that lands. You never know. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. listening i hope you enjoyed it if you did please subscribe on itunes and write a review i would really appreciate it as we grow this podcast one listener at a time if you have any feedback or ideas feel free to send me an email at sebastian at coffeeandfootball.com you can also link up with me via twitter the handle is at coffees football stay tuned for next episode it's with one of the main profiles of the 2016 leicester city team that ended up winning the premier league It will be another amazing one. Thanks again and have a great week. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE or Summit 4xE. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.